0: Welcome to Are We There Yet podcast about success and ADHD, hosted by adhd hub.com. We are on the third episode, I think, or fourth episode. I'm not quite sure actually. But anyway, uh, our guest today is everyone's third favorite teacher, Miss Ellie. Uh, hi. hi, Ellie.
1: <laughs>
0: Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself then?
1: Sure. Um, I'm Eliza, but most people just call me Ellie, or if you're an American person I talk to, it tends to be Eli. Um, I'm a British teacher. I'm 22. I've been teaching for just over a year now. Um, but yeah, so I'm a teacher with ADHD, which uh, comes with its own challenges. Also an actor, kind of do a bit of everything.
0: <laughs> that's See, that's the thing that a lot of people seem to be doing is no one has like one thing that they do. Is, oh yes I have this but I also do this and I also do this and I also do that but so did you like I know you've you've done the acting for since you were a kid right mm,
1: yeah I was like born into it I've always done it
0: was that kind of where you were mainly wanting to go or did you always want to be a teacher or was there something in between or was there a thousand things in between or
1: <laughs> um well, the other day I wanted to be a therapist um, <laughs> and I've only just started teaching, really. I'm in like a very early stage of it. So I'm always changing my mind. But acting has been like the only constant in my life. Like it's the one thing that's always been there. And um, I was kind of born into acting. My family do it. Um, and so when I was like four, I was in my first production. I was a stage acting. That is like the one thing that I've always like the, th- the thing I haven't been bored of, I think, and just kind of dropped out of. Um, And so I did want to go into acting and I did go into it. I did some professional and some amateur work, did my degree in acting. um, But then I just I thought maybe I needed some stability um, and have some income just so I can get used to like going to auditions and not worrying about income and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I signed up to train to teach uh, really impromptu um, and just went along. To do that and I chose somewhere that was near London because that's where acting tends to be um, but mm-hmm. I've kind of fallen in love with teaching um, I only applied like on a whim I was having lunch with my friend and um, we were in our third year of uni and we saw a poster for it and the deadline was like the next day um, and so we were like should we sign up for a laugh? and um, now we're both teachers. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. I've not, I didn't ever think like from my, when I was really small, like I want to be a teacher. I actually hated talking in front of people. A few months before I even signed up for the course, I um, was shaking, trembling, trying to do a speech. I hadn't slept the night before in front of five people. It was so scary to me, um, but yeah, I signed up and it was hard, but I fell in love with it after a while.
0: See, for me, it's the, the education as a whole. Mine at school was, I was just a class clown. And I had teachers who either loved me or hated me, and that was it. However, there was a unanimous thing that still carries on to this day where I am terrified of teenagers. So it's high is it high school you do, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, because it's English, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that just sounds like every day to me would be like being on a firing line.
1: everyone says
0: that i just i can't imagine like there was i've always wanted to do stand up uh i've never ever done it i've never stood on a stage in front of people because i have massive stage fright Mm -hmm. so i can talk to anyone so long as everyone's sitting down it's all fine (laughs) but as soon as you make me stand up and everyone has to listen to me Mm -hmm. And I can't go on random tangents that I normally go on where I'm just like "Oh yeah, yeah. And it's like oh wait you're, you're still listening why why are you still listening
1: <laughs> I, I get that a lot um I think I was very similar I think it was a lack of confidence in the sense that I found that speech that I was just telling you about really hard because I had to talk on a topic and I didn't really have a lot of confidence in myself um in like I guess focusing more on knowledge and like Uh, knowing books grammar stuff like that and so when I did that I was really nervous because I was myself whereas when I'm acting I'm not and I'm also more confident as a performer Um, and it took me a really long time to get less scared teaching in front of kids i was 21 teaching 19 year olds at one point and i was like i feel so close to their age it's just hard i didn't know how to behave and manage but you know you get there but i think what helped me was reframing teaching to be a little bit more like a performance so when i was being when i was training and i get like feedback it used to feel really personal but i started to see it more as like hearing direct director's notes which really mm-hmm. helped me because it felt like it wasn't really a comment on me but more on like my teacher character
0: that's a good way to do it kind of like um a dis- like dissociating
1: yeah like detaching from the person being kind of critiqued and being like oh well, that's fine because that was just me at work me at home is very different mm-hmm. um but yeah if I'm not in that kind of setting I'm super good at conversation I love parties very energetic I'm really good at talking to anyone but when it comes to like serious formal chat I get so nervous <laughs>
0: I start over enunciating especially because of my accent anyway and we're not exactly known for using hard consonants and as soon as I start speaking to anyone in a more professional manner I start making sure that I use every single T that is in every single word oh. and it's like and it sounds so forced uh which makes it 10 times worse and makes you feel more nervous <laughs> because you know other people are picking up on it
1: yeah, my um, I don't shout when I'm teaching and the kids think it's because I'm really laid back. It's actually because the, the louder I am, the less control I have of my pronunciation and the more accent slips out. <laughs> so that's more why. But I also don't really like shouting. But, you know, we're not going to tell them that.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, there's a normal volume that everyone speak at. And if we call that volume zero, I'm at a constant five. But my wife's at like a constant minus two. And it's when we're talking to each other and if there's been silence for a while and i am like oh did you and she's like why did you just shout at me <laughs> i'm like i didn't have the volume control i'm sorry um so teaching for me would literally just be me shouting all day uh and people not knowing if they're in trouble or not
1: <laughs> see something people don't don't realize as a challenge is sometimes it's hard for me not to interrupt the kids when they're focused like people are like oh I bet it's hard for you to get them like settled and focused because you're quite gentle in the way you speak but it's actually I'm I'm more the problem because when they're working and I have an idea to tell them about something I'm like hey guess what (laughs) whilst they're working sometimes I'll do the task with them just to see how it feels um and do it alongside them and then I'll just be like I'll find something cool that I want to talk to them about and I'll just be like oh did you notice on this line And I feel really bad for interrupting their concentration but yeah that's quite a challenge for me sitting there and letting them work and not doing anything myself. I'm always like trying to get involved.
0: (laughs) We used to have a teacher where he lived in Australia for a while and we knew he loved to tell everyone that he lived in Australia for a while. Any sort of very like what we used to play a game where we would try and say something that was so vaguely Australian to see if we could get him to then talk about Australia. Because <laughs> if he did, the lesson was right off. And so like you'd mention something like um oh like you know the the bird the Kiwi.
1: Mm.
0: And but wait
1: you, are they where, New Zealand birds? But...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd be like, where, where are they from? Is it like, like Tasmania? And it's like, no, no. It's like, it's New Zealand. It's like, oh, like, wait, where exactly is New Zealand? Oh, it's right next to Australia. I used to go. Like, I, I lived live in Australia. for I mean, <laughs> dying, That was it. I uh, think my
1: kids try and do that with uh, acting with me. I have a lot of them like be like, Miss, how did you get into acting? And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> we can talk about this later if you want. <laughs> at lunch we can
0: talk Uh, uh, no no it's I just didn't want to do this I don't
1: like acting now
0: (laughs) (laughs) see what's what's sort of your personal opinion on success is it basically doing something that you love or is it that you have the structure or you have the income side of it or because you said there that you want to do the acting side of it but you needed like obviously the constant stream of income but you've also chose to work in a place so that you can continue the acting side of it?
1: Yeah, um, hang on, I'll I'll comment on this bit first, and I'll go mm-hmm. back to success a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason that income is important was because if I didn't have that, I would have to be with my parents and live with them. My parents live in a very rural part of um, West Wales, and the acting scene is not very great, especially if you're not very good at speaking Welsh, which, uh, yeah, that's me. Um, and so I knew that If I wanted to do the kind of acting I want to do, I had to move. And if I wanted to move, I'd need money. So that's kind of more to I didn't really put much much thought into like the whole teaching thing, though. It just seemed like something I could do and Mm -hmm. stay in education and still be kind of looked after a little bit um so I just went and did it I was um uh, the like logic behind it came from just having kind of a qualification there if I wanted to go to teaching but also I didn't have to if I didn't want to um but yeah so that was kind of more the comment on income it was more about wanting to live away from home hmm. and have that kind of there but then there was like this pandemic I don't know if you heard about it oh, um, no, I'm totally aware. <laughs> <It's>, uh...
0: <laughs>
1: for some reason like we can't do that much like theater acting I don't know <laughs>
0: strange everyone in cubicles just uh... (laughs) there
1: but yeah back to the comment on success I really think my opinion on it has changed and I should hope that it continues to change Um, because as a child it was it was definitely like if you're smart you're successful Um, or if you're confident you're successful and I was quite quiet when I was younger because there was just so much in my brain (laughs) um and i had so much like i wanted to say but instead i just like move around and um yeah so um i deemed my brother as incredibly successful because he's so bright i have the most incredible siblings Um, they are so intelligent and kind and caring but also confident and I was kind and caring, but I lacked that, like, intelligence and confidence. School was so much harder for me than it was for them. Like, they would, like, walk into the classroom and be able to pick up whatever's going on. Um, and do it really well they were in like your top sets and I would stay in middle trying to do better it was so much more of a challenge and my teachers would say things like oh if you worked a little bit harder you could be as smart as your brother Um, and I think it was well-meaning but it just it really hurt as a child Mm -hmm. and I was in secondary school and I get a lot of comments like that or like um, oh you're just the more creative one out of your siblings (laughs) which um, is a you're not very intelligent but you draw pretty things. (laughs) and i was like uh, they were trying to put creative in a bad way whereas like you can be like i don't know i don't think they should be put against each other but i had quite a negative view on um success and i didn't find myself as a successful person Um, and when you hear these things all the time at school i started to act out then i would be more naughty in lessons um and cause more trouble and i stopped trying so i was like i am trying my hardest and people are telling me you need to do more um i'm not as smart as my brother and i just stopped bothering to try and be um, and i used to just think that was success if you could just do well on exams and stuff like mm-hmm. that um, and so i was like not as successful i indulged more in acting then and i was like i love this but then my younger sister she um she's intelligent creative wonderful she was a more confident performer and so I was like, I'm not even good at that in comparison, Um, and so I lacked a lot of confidence in how successful I am, Um, and I really didn't believe it for a long time um, until I started to hear it occasionally. There was one teacher at school that just believed in me, and I was, I didn't really know why, Um, but he just kind of had my back in things, Um, and those kind of people that kind of stood out in my life really built up my idea of success being different, and the fact that it doesn't have to just mean that you're doing well academically. Um, and it really changed things for me, I think. And I'm still I'm still learning. There are still times where I sit with someone who just knows so many things and I adore them for that. And I'm just like, I wish I could be like as successful with knowledge as you, um, but I'm learning to put, le- put less weight on how much you know and more about how you are in life or how you're doing, how you feel in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's changing and I'm glad of that.
0: We will be sending these sound bites to Ellie's family and uh, just to make sure that birthday presents that she gets are much better because <laughs> she's just told them that they're all wonderful and amazing <laughs>
1: <laughs> they are they really
0: are <laughs> that, that's really good um what it, if you don't make me ask what is it that your um, air quotes like intelligent confident brother does now
1: um so I have three brothers and they're all um of those those things and they all do different things um and yeah so mo- they all pretty much work in kind of tech-based things they're mm. very like one's an excellent photographer um, and writer um and the other one's a salesperson does really well with that my youngest brother is still in college but he's doing like maths, further maths and creative computing. Um, and they're all like destined for brilliant things and doing brilliant things. Um, yeah. So yeah, just a mixture of stuff.
0: <laughs> I think there's, um sometimes it can be worse on that side of the fence though. Like I, I was kind of like yourself on the fence where people are like, oh, if you just try a little bit harder or if you just stuck to the point where in the first two years of high school, I was in the top classes for everything and then skimmed for the rest of high school because I, I didn't have to put a lot of effort in to like first and second year. But then when I did have to start putting effort in and had to start like doing like my own work and making, sh- and there wasn't as much help and support because you know, you're now like 14, 15, you should be able to do a lot of things uh, yourself. And you should know when to shut up at the back of the class and not keep on distracting people, Ross. Um, I still don't. <laughs> But there was the whole thing where uh, I've just totally lost my train of thought. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. It's It will come back, uh, possibly. No, it's gone just now. It will come back in a minute. But, oh, that was it. It's the I think for like myself, anyway, it was very much the world was my oyster after I left high school because no one had any expectations. Mm. Whereas when you're on that side of the fence where people were always like, oh, but you did so well in school. And then if you don't do so well out of school, then it's like instantly, you turn all that positivity you got as a child into like negativity and just be like, oh wait, but now everyone I've ever met is now going to be disappointed in me. Whereas everyone was already disappointed in me, so it was fine. The bar was really low. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was just thinking back on um, something that happened at school recently Mm -hmm. Um, when I was younger, during this time where I just stopped trying. Um, I loved art, I really did. And um, art was also the lesson that I would get the most attentions from um, because I would go in there and I would be so excited to be there that I couldn't be still or stop talking. Mm. Um, and I just, every week I would go in and think, I'm going to have a good lesson today. I'm not going to get as attention, And I would go in and cause trouble. I'd be talking to everyone. And one time in this in this detention, I was sat with my art teacher and she, she's like, Eliza, why do you always ruin my lessons and i said Ah. i was like i don't mean to like i do try and not ruin them she was like yeah but you know you're getting up and talking to people you destroyed your end of term piece um and i was like yeah i know but and she was like do you not like art and i said no i love it What? i was so shocked that i'd come across like i didn't like a subject she was my favorite teacher she taught my favorite lesson But I couldn't behave because of the excitement Mm -hmm. it was and I thought like I did I had no idea that my behavior was making me seem like I hated her lessons and from this moment on she she just um our relationship with each other changed I took her subject to GCSE she was so much more accommodating um and me hearing how I was making her lessons Feel and how like she thought I felt about art and her hearing how I actually felt about art really built our relationship um, and changed that lesson for me because she took the time to hear me. It came across as quite harsh, but that was after a lot of me giving her a hard time, I think, um, and she is wonderful, the teacher. I still am in, in contact with her now. Um, but yeah, I just, lessons that I loved the most, I found it the hardest to behave in, whereas maths, I would, I hated maths, found it really hard. And I would count down the minutes, but I would be quieter because like I'd just be daydreaming or, you know, whatever. But the excitement of going into a class that I loved was just too much for my little brain. It was like, mm-hmm. ah, let's talk to everyone.
0: <laughs> See, um, uh, when I, I had a cl- graphic communications was like my favorite class when I was in high school. Because I I really liked art when I was younger, but then I stopped drawing and everything. So then I didn't like art anymore. But then it was with Graphcom, it was like designing like magazines or posters and uh, ergonomic designs and all such sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, this is actually quite good. I like this. And when I was going into like higher, so fifth year, I know like Scotland's different to England and Wales, I think. So like we restart when you go into high school. So it's then first year, then second year, third year, fourth year, fifth year, sixth year. Okay. Um, when I was in going into fifth year, so my second last year at school my teachers said like graphic communications was in the same column as maths when you were c- picking your classes so sure. I could either pick maths or I could pick graphic comm and I was like well I can count I'll, I'll just pick graph comm that's fine but there was only five people in the two years my year and the year above me who picked it so instead of them putting us into higher they just put it straight into the advanced higher class but there's only five of us in class which was a mixture between me having an absolute whale of time because of the excitement and just because I got to tell everyone I was a fifth year doing an advanced higher, uh, and then actually having to try and do the work uh, but when I got into sixth year I was like I should probably do maths again so I then went back and done like a lower level of maths but I was really I found out that I was really good at algebra which is just bizarre and my I got grounded and at my after my parents' evening, because my teacher said to my mom, "I don't understand Ross. He never does his homework. He talks all the way through my class. He talks back. He's the only person in my class getting an A." And my mom left it and said, "That's it you your grounding." I was like, "Why?" And she said "Because you're giving your teacher too hard a time." And I was like, "But, but what?" And I think, see if he'd had like a, that similar reaction interaction that you had,
1: mm-hmm. it
0: probably would have been better rather than grassing me up to my mom
1: and (laughs) it's really interesting So I think we have a lot of similarities in our personality Um, and it's interesting to see that you had a similar experience in that way that you weren't coming across in the way that you felt you were in class like um, I obviously knew I was doing things wrong like we weren't meant to leave our seats and do things but I also didn't realize that I was coming across like I didn't didn't respect the teacher or like mm. the class and it's interesting to hear you have a similar thing I also have students who have a similar thing like I called home for one of them and had a conversation and the parent was like she loves your lessons <laughs> and I think it it really um we're we become very self-aware but I don't think we always are um people with ADHD we because we're so immediate a lot of the time we forget how we're coming across mm-hmm. um And yeah, it really does stand out, especially as children. I actually, um, when I was training to teach, I went to an interview and I was really nervous. And um, I went to the interview and I was like, I'm just gonna like go through it. If it happens, it happens. If I get into this university. And I went there and I was working really hard. And I was answering all these questions and I was really trying. And then they put three of us in this room, and they were like, "Okay, um, we'll call you in one by one to have like a one-to-one interview." And um, we were like, "Yeah, cool." So we're sat there, and then this woman says to me, "She says, um, do you do you actually want to go here? Because you don't seem like you care." And I was like, "Oh no, I really do. It's just I didn't, I don't take it very well when I don't uh, don't get like what I've been working towards. But also, I didn't realise I was coming across as maybe like I didn't care." and I was like oh no I I do I just I think I just wanted to like be more relaxed and that kind of threw me off a little bit but I was wondering if I did actually come across that way Um, because I could have I could have come across as like arrogant or like I actually just didn't want to be there but in my head I was like I really want to be here I got to stay calm so I stay focused Um, and I think yeah we carry this um, through our lives with us this um, this thinking we're doing one thing but maybe coming across in another way and it makes us become these really uh, self-critical people i think because when we're mm-hmm. told we're doing something and we think we're doing another thing it makes us question who we are um i was like i know myself the best but the people in the room think i'm this and you've got to rethink that and i think that's what makes us so self-critical um and that self-awareness builds in that way but there are definite times where i still come across in different ways um and i think that's something it's hard to lose
0: hundred percent. And the thing that's interesting actually is and it's just kind of came to me just now when you're saying that. So see the that thing where someone's like, Do you actually care? And it's because you're making a conscious effort to be relaxed, but you've gone too far. So like I I'm I'm still 30. It's okay. I'm not gonna say I'm in my early 30s, I'm still 30, so it's fine. Um so when a few years ago, so like mid to late 20s I got called up at work and now I work in a bank so it's all very it should very much be like this is the way that you are it's not it's everyone is very different and it's a lot better than it was when I started much longer than I would care to admit but when I got called up I got called up for basically being too argumentative and too challenging and I was very kind of passionate if I was if I didn't understand something or if I did understand something I was very passionate either way to be like I need to find out why I'm not getting this I need to find out why you're not getting this um and so I got called up on it and said look you're very abrasive you're argumentative you're this you're that and because I knew this I was like I need to stay calm I'll just like I won't start anything I'll just be 'Mm." and that then came across as a separate meeting with when we gave you the feedback uh, you didn't care and I was like you were telling me off for being argumentative and abrasive did you want me to then be argumentative and abrasive because I was trying not to be and you're like right but you just sat there and went oh okay
1: there's there there are certain times where you can't win aren't there like um Mm. obviously uh coming across as argumentative okay maybe you were but in the second meeting if you'd uh being like no I'm not it would have been like yes yeah, see um but if you'd been like yep yep get it they maybe thought you were dismissing and then if you didn't mm-hmm. say anything it's like often you can't win um and I think it is hard to find that line of whether what I'm doing is coming across wrong or whether I just can't get this right and it's not going to work either way
0: yeah it's like, no matter what I do here it isn't going to come across well so I'm just going to go back to how I am and not try and change which has actually worked better for me more recently like if there's something i want to say and i know it can come out like i'm basically the more passionate i am about a point i will sit there and be like i'm not going to just sit here and take this i will put my side across but i'm going to give it a minute until the words don't spill out they come out and then i and that seems to be working a lot better for me and now but When I, my interview for the bank, which was 12 years ago, um, in the interview, they asked me a question and I spoke for 10 minutes and it should have taken me about a minute and a half to answer the question. And at the end of it, I went, I'm sorry, I don't know what you asked. Can we start again? And we went, yeah, that's fine. Ask me the question and I gave it the proper answer. And then I left and I walked out going, why couldn't I shut up? And I got 15 minutes down the road and my phone went and they were offering me the job. And the woman said to me, she was like, just as a little bit of feedback, if you hadn't stopped the interview to ask us to start that question over, you wouldn't have got it. And I was like, okay, so don't ramble. Yeah, I knew that, but that didn't stop it happening. But I was like, you know, I was only diagnosed recently. So like, it's how far back can I like, do the post-mortem one when would it have been helpful to know uh,
1: <laughs> I think that's really important though that um you were able to recognize that you were unaware and confident enough to ask what they'd asked and I think them offering you the job based on that is um I would have expected that because I think it's important that we show that vulnerability to admit when we don't know what we're hearing mm-hmm. um, I do it all the time now I probably drive my colleagues mad but I'm often like yeah yeah wait sorry what huh? <laughs> and I do not I do not pick up um and I, I've told them now I've had this uh we had a meeting about it because I was like I just want to like talk you through a bunch of things that I need some support with um or I would like to explain to you just so if you experience them we can work on them together mm-hmm. and I said to them I, I said to one of my bosses I was like if I seem like I've understood something it's probably worth just going so do you know what you're doing just giving me another like throw me that lifeline (laughs) make sure I still know um because sometimes I'll say yes before I've actually processed what I've heard Mm -hmm. or I just say yes because I think that's what the right thing to do is um and my boss is like oh my gosh I thought that would come across as really patronizing and I'm like no no please do it like um and she was like yeah okay of course um And they were really great, but I think it is important that we acknowledge that these things are um, things we struggle with and allow ourselves to be vulnerable and admit these struggles sometimes. And I think that's Mm -hmm. a really great thing you did, being like, I actually don't understand, because a lot of people won't do that.
0: Yeah, and there's things, my new, uh, so I, I got promoted, my new job, the team's very supportive, and I was like, you know what, I'm going into this, like, open book. I'm not going to try and pretend I don't have it. I'm not going to try and like not talk about it. If it comes up naturally in conversation, which I could order breakfast at McDonald's and it will naturally come up in conversation. <laughs> <Thank> uh, <you. laughs> it's, and because we're working from home as well, things come across a lot blunter when you're doing it over like a messaging system or you're doing it in an email or something like that. Yeah. So I've had to explain quite a few times to people. So if there's ever a time where I've maybe pissed you off because you think I'm being harsh or I'm being blunt or I've just kind of shot straight down the middle, I have a problem letting things go if I don't understand them. And the more you keep saying the same answer that I've already told you I don't understand, then my tone might change. But please bear with me. And someone said to me recently, like, like, genuinely, thanks for telling me because otherwise I was just going to be like, oh this guy's just a bit of an ass, <laughs> it's like, no this guy's just very confused and really needs to help and support in how to actually do this job,
1: yeah.
0: uh, which is I think there's a big thing of trying to hide it.
1: Yeah and I think that's understandable, I think it is um, a lot of the time it's not safe to mention and we, um, we see a lot of scary statistics about employers not being as fair to people with neurodiversity or um, other struggles and things they deal with. Um, And I think it is quite a big thing to be open about. I am in a very privileged position where I can be open about it because, you know, I work with kids and We do talk about it at work, but I've definitely been in a position where I haven't been able to before. And I understand it is a privilege sometimes to be able to talk about, but it also takes a lot of vulnerability from us too. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you were saying there about being able to bring it up at any time, it, it makes sense that that's the way it is because it's our operating system that's different um like our brains are different everything we do will be a little bit different so naturally we could probably bring it up anytime like you're ordering your food you stumble over your words and you forget what you actually want you're like oh sorry i have adhd it naturally will come up and i think that's why we can do it
0: no 100 and i think there needs to be more of a like see if you go back 15 years ago Every time someone said that they had anxiety or depression, 90% of the room would roll their eyes. Now, people are more accepting of it, and I think we're heading that way with ADHD as well, and... That's why we have people like you and Ducky, who are in education and medicine. You're like spies. You can help. (laughs) You can start, like, saying to kids, you know what? I think, yeah, you should maybe speak to uh, or speak to the parents about it and things like that. And and you've had examples of that, haven't you?
1: Definitely, yeah. Um, There was a moment in my training year where um, I... Had a student who was struggling to remember to bring his pencil case. And the school I was at had like a bit of a behavior thing where if they forgot equipment, they would have like a behavior point. Um, and, you know, um, I wanted to help him because I knew it wasn't his fault. And one day I just thought, like, what would help me? And so I made this chart and he could check in his pencil case. He would have one that he kept at school and one he kept at home. Because the struggle was he would take it out to do homework, leave it on the table and go to school. And I get that completely. I've left for work without my backpack before um, with all my things in it. Um, And so we created a, a home pencil case and a school pencil case. And at the end of the day, he would bring it to me and check it off on this little laminated sheet. And then... The next day he would check it out again. Um, and if he forgot to bring it to me at the end of the day, that's fine. He's got the chance to bring it in the next day then. Um, so it would give him like another chance that he wouldn't have got before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it worked so well for him that I just thought this is what I want to do. I want to create things that just make school easier for people like I was, people like him, um, and children that just don't get the support. This child wasn't diagnosed, but I saw so much in him that would have been like I was as a child Mm. um and we did um he is on a waiting list now and we put that forward for him but yeah it's about still putting those things in place for children that aren't diagnosed too because you know they don't always get spotted I mean you were diagnosed quite late
0: just just a little bit which is always (laughs) fun the amount of times that people say to me how did they miss you it's like yeah thanks but I because of because I was missed and there is a and actually, it'd be interesting to get your opinion on it as a teacher. I feel that, see, between like primary school and high school, so like 10, 11, that everyone should have some sort of neurodiversity test. I'm not saying diagnose people, but see the support system. So, like that laminated thing that I will be messaging you afterwards about website resources thing.
1: oh totally it's uh, going on there
0: 100 <laughs> like it's a simple idea it doesn't have to be uh, massive but with the um, at that age of like 10 11 if you were to give someone a simple test and go actually yeah this person does have some possible neurodiversity there then support systems will go in mm. which will be like a key point so that yes they might still be doing well like the first two years of high school but then they might become like me and then it all falls down because in third year they have to do it by themselves Mm -hmm. and that's when homework starts getting done in the bus stop at school Uh, or you uh, start
1: asking uh, the really nice quiet boy in your maths class to do it for you
0: (laughs) I asked him he said no Uh, (laughs) Uh, I must
1: have had a better charm than you
0: (laughs) possibly yeah um
1: Yeah, I think that's important. Mm. I was just thinking um, how, because I saw you write about this before. And um, I was like, this is interesting. And I I didn't think much on it until now. And I've just thought about it, because you said, not necessarily a diagnosis. And I think that's the key part here. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe if there was a way that we could have when they come in, they do their first like bit of settling in, like our first or year sevens because we all forget things in our first time, whether we have it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, But also maybe we try out a few things like, um, do you seem to forget your books very often? And then maybe if they do, we can be like, okay, well we keep these at school and you can do your homework this way or we can go to homework club. But also um, like reading visors, like those color layovers you put on your work. A lot of dyslexic children have them, help Ah. them read. Um, Maybe if we stopped having those just for diagnosed dyslexic children, you think, does this color help you read? Yes. No, it doesn't add anything like as a a disadvantage or an advantage to any children, but it could change things, you know, like you don't necessarily have to have a diagnosis, but does this color help you? Yes. Okay. You take this through school with you. I think it would be costly, but important.
0: Do you know something that actually wouldn't be? And I'm pretty sure there would be, it'd be a very easy thing to program. Not me, but I'm pretty sure there are people out there uh, listening who wouldn't know how to do it tick lists are great things but they're also terrible because it become stale really quickly and then you forget to look at them mm-hmm. see if you had, You lose
1: the pen <laughs> yeah
0: see if you had an app right that had and not a lot a maximum say 10 things you had to remember and you could tick it and go yep 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 it. and what happens is you would get a reminder, but not at the same time every day. It'd be a different time. And also the the list changes order. So it'd be like a static list of, say, like, remember your books, remember your bag, remember your keys, remember your wallet. But because you would automatically start, like, clicking it. like, And if you started changing the order of where things are, then it it would keep the, not the novelty. Well, yeah, I suppose novelty is probably the word of it. So you'd always actually have to read the tech mm-hmm. list instead of actually just doing it sorry that just popped into my head as you were no that.
1: I think there's something important in that um I know a lot of the time things do work for people who um the novelty just seems to stay for some reason I can't quite get it myself I used to use there was like an app to remember to take your meds and it just I just became used to seeing it on my page that I was like did I take them and just not take it off or have I not taken them like it just mm-hmm. became like you know when your phone's like you need to update it just became something I ignored All those texts from those people you know <laughs> but I just stopped answering um and the novelty doesn't stay for me but I know it does for some people um I was just thinking maybe if there was a way that we could do it in like you know a A checklist way but every time you do it you get like something new like maybe a new level on a game in the Mm
0: app, or
1: a new picture a new puzzle and that would keep that novelty because there's something new coming without necessarily changing too much
0: yeah there's a bit there's an app that's like a community type habit app to make sure that you do keep up with things Uh, which i do keep on meaning to download it and keep forgetting to do so uh but that's just name it again, really, isn't it? But <laughs> see with your ADHD, do you think that it's helped or do you think it's hindered kind of your career, your job, your university, things like that? Where where would you say you'd land on the scale?
1: Um, like like crazy everywhere. Um, it's been wonderful and terrible. Um so Primary school, I hated, um, but that's for like various reasons. I just didn't like it. So we're just going to jump from that, you know, we're going (laughs) to go straight into secondary. Um, (laughs) And so I, um, at school, as I said, it was really challenging. Um, I wanted to, so I mentioned I like art. Uh, The reason I like art is because I love drawing, but I hate painting and I love using charcoals, but I hate using oil pastels. Mm -hmm. Um, And they would make you like okay this week we're working on our painting and I'd be like but I want to finish that drawing from last lesson and so I wouldn't do the the painting I'd draw and I'd be in trouble for them um, or I would spend four lessons drawing one tiny thing and then when we got assessed I was uh, marked really low because although my work's really good I didn't have enough because everyone I'd be like yeah but there's is half finished And my teacher would be like, yeah, but they show like a lot more of a wider plethora of work. And I couldn't do that because I either would think, well, we're not going to be able to finish it. So I'm not going to bother doing it. Or I would spend weeks and weeks on one thing. And so although I was one of the best people at drawing in the class, I couldn't get those grades because I wasn't producing enough work. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely related to my ADHD um, in the sense that I knew that I would be interrupted. So I didn't have the dopamine to try. Um, I couldn't think yeah well that's fine because in the end I will get this higher grade because we don't have that reward system in the same way our brains don't think that far ahead I would be like okay I want to draw we're using drawing this week but it's going to change next week or I just think yeah okay I'll be quiet and do my drawing but I wouldn't have the painting section Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's why it was tricky there was um and I think you could really see it in my favorite subjects the most. I had, um, I just hope one of my parents doesn't listen to this ever. There was a time when um, I was writing an essay for English and um, my English teacher was the one that believed in me, the one that really changed school for me. Um, and my, I really wanted to get this done. I left it really last minute. It was supposed to be due in the next morning at nine. And I'd already said, yeah, I did send it. So they gave me another day deadline. That was a lie. Um, <laughs> and So I had another day and I went home and I was, I was working on it and I really wanted to do well. Um, and I was typing and then my laptop freezes. And I am, I'm not a very aggressive person, but I mm-hmm. lost it, fully lost it. I beat my laptop up, like fully, like punched the screen. I, I punched it and punched it and punched it until it broke. And um, I, I was like, well now I can't do my work at all. But I didn't think about that in the time ahead. Like I didn't mm-hmm. think, well, if I beat my laptop up I won't be able to do it anyway. Or like, why don't I just wait? I wasn't like I just I lost him I think I was stressed because I'd left at last minute but that's how I work and I just wanted to do well there was finally a teacher that believed in me and mm-hmm. I was letting him down and yeah I broke my laptop and my mum my mum was like what happened to your laptop and I was like It fell off my bed and then a box fell on it. And I think she definitely knew that's not how it went, but she still had it fixed for me. Um, But my gosh, I completely lost it. And I think that inability to control my emotions there, that worry that someone was going to be disappointed in me and that worry that I uh, I had to wait for my laptop to reload, I just couldn't do it. So that made school really hard. But like on the other side of this, we have, um, I did a lot of drama and acting. My degree was mostly in acting. Um, And ADHD, I think I probably would not be the the actor I am without it. My ability to hyper-focus on a character is... incredible i i will do all i can there's there will be times where i'm researching and researching until i'm best version of this character i can be and it's done me wonders in grading um, and in how people see me perform like i had some feedback before that was like i don't know how you did it even your eyebrows were in character (laughs) and it's because i put in so much work that every detail will be exactly how i crafted it and i will throw myself into rehearsals and um, completely commit to it and that's from my hyper focus um, and just that commitment to it and because I love acting so much um, I just would like be so committed to getting this perfect or as good as I could Um, and I'm always willing to try and that comes from my ADHD the impulsivity like when they're like give this a go of course I will jump straight in there have a go Um, and I think without that that impulsivity or that hyper focus I wouldn't have been the performer I am and that's really important mm-hmm. um, and so it's been yeah uh, brilliant and terrible in the same way. <laughs>
0: uh, there's a clip back when the internet was young uh, where there's a kid playing I want to say World of Warcraft and something happens and I can't remember exactly what it was because this was like 10-15 years ago but basically he has an absolute rage and like picks up his keyboard and like snaps his keyboard and punches the monitor. just goes absolutely mad. And that's why I have visions of is just, Oh,
1: pretty much. <laughs> off it. I it's- lost it. And I've, I just, I don't know what came over me. And I, I, when I down now, it's more like a toddler having a tantrum. It's kind of snotty crying and that's how it usually was. But I just completely like lost it. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't. Um, I was just about to say, um, going back to acting a little bit but I forgot what I'm going back there for give me a moment Um, oh also um, in rehearsal time I just uh, that time blindness that like unaware (laughs) like if I were performing in a rehearsal and someone would be like right let's take a break we've been going I'd be like what (laughs) Like I just why would we take a break we're so like into this and everyone's like oh you, you haven't eaten today we need to have lunch and I'm like but, but we're just getting, get, we're getting so good at this. And I just didn't want to ever stop.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I would rehearse for like hours and hours and hours and not ever tire because I loved it so much. But like my uh, my well-meaning friends would be like, let's go get some lunch, take a break. And, you know, I would always come back into it and be back in role. But I would I would never want to break out of that. I could have rehearsed for hours and hours.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Never stopped.
0: See, English was one of my least favourite uh classes and purely because of the teachers Uh, because my impulsivity is generally mouth engages before brain does and i had an english teacher who i want to say her name was lapin and it isn't the same but it was very similar to rabbit in french and i in first day in her class she was like oh my name is and i was like oh that's french Sure, you'd be a French teacher instead of an English teacher, thinking I was being funny. It came, I didn't get taken that way. And instantly this woman then went, Ah, we I'm not going to like you. And that was the right thing. But what happened was I was always a very, very avid reader when I was younger. Uh, which is one of my favorite things because my mom used to my mom couldn't leave the cereal box out when I was getting my breakfast in the morning because I'd forget to eat my breakfast because I'd be too busy reading what was on the cereal box. And she'd be like, it, it's the same box as, yes, stop reading it. And I'm like, I, I don't mean to, it's just there. It's just it's something to do. Um, But what happened was, uh, yeah, so when it, we were in standard grade and it was doing, you had to write a report on a book. Because I was in, like, the middle classes, the book I picked was James Patterson, Kiss the Girls, which is a very adult-themed book. Uh, and she said, no, I wasn't allowed to read it because I wouldn't understand it, despite the fact that I'd read the thing about four times by this point. I was like, I need to read this one because it's a one book I know that isn't like teen fiction that I could actually do a good report on. And she said, no, you can't do it, point blank, can't do it. And I was like, right, that's fine, I won't do the report. And I didn't. Instead, our desks were all in twos, and I read my book, I read the guys next to me, I read the two girls behind me, and I read the two guys behind them. (laughs) And I didn't do anything and then when I went into my English exam I got a third of the way through whatever I was writing and suddenly forgot how to spell the word and oh. and basically had a total meltdown and stormed out and failed the class because I was like yeah and when people were asking I was like why why did she like leave and I was like it doesn't matter just I, I, there was a word I, I couldn't get past it just I, I had block I just couldn't do it and that was it it wasn't until years later, I was like, yeah, that word was and. I'd forgotten how to spell and. And I'd went through my entire page so far and like re every single and. And none of them made sense because there's only one way to spell the bloody word. But I'm like, I an ease on and like changing. Oh, it was just, it was horrible. But it's, see, when you're saying like you your parent teacher because like they've connected with you and they've got, it just, it goes to show how important that is. Yeah because you're sure. now an English teacher.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and I think if you can make that difference, even just to one child, it is wonderful. Um, and I just think it's, it's, it's a very special job. I feel very lucky to do what I do. I was just thinking when you were saying about um, uh, reading the cereal box and reading people's books, it is um, a really cool thing that we have the way we can entertain ourselves. Um, I think I can make a game out of anything. Um, And I definitely do. Um, And I, I just always can make a game. The other day, actually, I had um, my glasses. I was with my siblings. And I took my earrings out because I was just chilling. And um, me and my brother were seeing if we could throw the hoops of my earrings onto my glasses. Um, onto the like arms if you're listening Um, (laughs) and (laughs) I just the ability to make a game out of anything we want to do Um, and I was always able to but I also think it's the cause of a lot of trouble I got in Um, like Mm -hmm. when I was at school I would think I wonder if I can get away with being a minute late and then when I got away with that I'd be like let's try two minutes and like I would come in like a little bit later just to see how far I could push it or I would like think I wonder how long I can not start my work before I get told off and I wait and wait and wait and I get shouted at, you know, and then I feel really bad. But it gives me that like jump of like, oh, I'm in trouble. Let's do something about it. Let's let's turn up early next time. That like jolt of like adrenaline you get from being told off, I think was enough to get me going. And mm-hmm. I think oh, I love the fact that we can make a game out of whatever we do. And I also think a lot of the time um, it can lead us to be in trouble.
0: <laughs> yeah, not, not to carbon date myself a little bit, but um, when I was in school, Mobile phones had buttons, <laughs> uh, and I used to play Snake on my phone under my desk because you knew where the buttons were. The problem was buttons click. But <laughs> so there's a total silence, That's know he hears. And it's like, who's texting? I'm not texting. I'm playing Snake. Uh, but also I finished the work. So and it's like, no, that doesn't matter. The fact that you finished the work doesn't matter. But see what uh, going back to what you were saying about art, your art class, which was a minute ago. Uh, <laughs> I had a similar thing in math where in math you get points for doing the r- right way, even if you get the wrong answer.
1: Yeah, like your workings out, Mark.
0: Yeah, I used to get marked down because I didn't do the working. But I'd get the right answer. And yeah me like,
1: too.
0: <laughs> I but I got there. I said but how did you get there? I was like I don't know how I got there but I got there. So you were cheating? No, uh, no. I, I, Like give me. in the textbook we had you used to have like you'd have like numbered questions and then in a section it would have like, letters. Yeah. So in the algebra textbook it was like it went to like L or like Q or whatever and I used to race to see how fast I could go through it but to get through it faster it was faster to not do the working yeah i used to do all the working in my head and then just go there we go that's it
1: i did them on my hand once and my teacher was like why didn't you do the workings out and i'm like i did it was just on my hand he's like well i can't see that (laughs) i'm like "But i did them
0: (laughs) i i I understand the doubt i understand where it's coming from from your point of view but at the same time just if the right answer is there and you can see that i'm not cheating then it, it's fine, just
1: leave me. <laughs> sure. Um,
0: but thanks very much, Ellie, uh, for it's been fun chatting to you, as always. Yeah,
1: you're welcome. I had a great time.
0: But uh, where can everyone find you on uh, Twitter, then, first of all?
1: Yeah, um, so my Twitter is ADHDB, and that's B E A. Um, so ADHD at Twitter. I'm also on ADHD Hub website Dana's Miss Ellie. So the Miss Ellie's classroom section is um, where I put my resources. There will be more coming out. I work kind of slowly just because I'm super busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, there's some things on there just if you want to check them out.
0: Perfect. Thank you very much. And also there's a box there as well. If you have any questions or you want any help or anything like that from Ellie, you can submit a question there just instead of filling our DMs. If you email it there, then she'll try to get back to you uh, For sure. As well, so thanks very much, Ellie.
1: You're very welcome. You. Cheers. Bye.